Hey friends, I'm so excited that you're here today. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, please be sure to subscribe and to rate and review. Follow me on all of social media accounts um, at gift to shift and uh, share with a friend or two. That's really the most support that you can share and the love that you can share with me and being able to get other people into the conversation. Some really important conversations here. So I'm grateful that you're here. And so I really suggest that you learn lean into this episode with Kenya Nunez Leon. She's a best-selling author, a wellness coach, the assistant dean of entrepreneurship at Hofstra University. She's a mom, a wife, a visionary, an author, obviously, and she is just so inspirational. She has learned really to translate her trials into blessing. Her incredible story is a reminder not to resist ourselves in the present because there are always lessons around us every day that will support us in becoming who we are meant to become to really stepping into our purpose. So from her practical insight about starting a business and pursuing her dreams to really authentically showing up and her willingness to shift really gives way to healing for so many others. And I'm so glad that you're here to listen. First, I basically took all my Facebook posts five months sharing my story and people just, you know, there was no intention behind it, but the people that were reading it, that were kind enough to read these long winded posts were like, you have to put this in a book. You have to put it. So I literally took all of my Facebook posts five months after losing Marlon and I just put them in a book and published it. And it was really well received. And I was shocked because I thought that it would be more for the widow but married women really connected with the book and they were thanking me and they were sending me notes that I inspired them to validate their husbands differently and stuff like that. Yeah. Because (laughs) the intention, the intention of the book was to what, what was your intention? The intention of the book, there was no intention of writing the book. The intention was really about my own personal journey, uh, healing, you know, Uh, having this reflection of, having this new awakening and this new perspective after losing someone and taking them for granted for most of your marriage and not recognizing, you know, how much you love them, how great they were. And then when something, yeah, I feel that I feel that I feel that I I can understand, I can understand that. And obviously, you wrote the book after your first husband passed Mm -hmm. away, correct? Yeah. So was that a healing process? Was that? Oh, yeah, it was it was very healing for me. But interesting enough, it was either received in a wonderful manner by some and then by others. I had a lot of feedback at that time, where people thought it was glorifying his death. And uh, that was very hurtful. And that was never my intention to, you know, just promote that in a way like uh, I'm the model widow. It was just really my own personal healing journey. And why people got that perception was because prior to him getting cancer, people said, weren't you depressed or, you know, like all that stuff that you're supposed to feel as a widow. I didn't feel that because I felt that I was in mourning before he passed away. I felt like in his death, he gave me life and I was not going to take that for granted. So the fact that I accepted, yeah. In his death, he gave you life. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty deep. Yeah. When he took his last breath, I took my first. And yeah, that, and that's no exaggeration. Like I was asleep at the wheel my whole marriage. I was asleep at the wheel. I just didn't even know 
how to be a good wife. I was more of a parent, I think, to him <laughs> for many reasons that we won't go into, where I just was always the protector, right? I was the protector growing up. And then I was very controlling and uh, didn't know how to enjoy, have fun. I had, you know, three kids. One was on the spectrum, still is, uh, but doing phenomenal. And at the same time, we were dealing with a lot of real life issues uh, where the stock market had crashed in 2008 and he owned three businesses and were struggling financially. And he also was diagnosed with Asperger's in his mid thirties. So he didn't look at problems in the same way I did. And that caused a lot of issues. So we constantly clashed and, you know, he had some immigration things going on with the issues that we face today that I'm very passionate about how in underserved communities, you have a lot more youth in prison that shouldn't be there. And he was convicted of something that he had no business to get convicted over. And he paid the price. He was in citizen. So even though he was a legal resident of the United States, he had businesses, he employed people by the laws, he was deportable at any moment, even though he was legal. So I lived on eggshells. So I and then let's not talk about childhood trauma, all that stuff. So I was like a ticking time bomb. And so when he passed away, it's like, I was like, all right, exhale. (laughs) The Mm -hmm. battle is over. And that's when I really learned how to live in a different way. And that's where I go back to sharing how people were in awe of my writing. And then some were horrified. (laughs) That you were so, you were so transparent. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed oftentimes in hearing people's healing journeys, that there is this sense of freedom that comes with telling your story. Oh, yeah. And everybody has their own journey. You know, like, I can't step into your shoes, you can't step into my shoes. We all have our own journey, and that it is very personal. You know, we oftentimes think that we can control other people's, well, that shouldn't be done or yeah. that shouldn't have been said. And and the reality is, is that you're wasting your energy and your time trying to control people because it never works. It, it's true. And, and it's crazy how much the world has shifted because eight years ago, yeah. when I was sharing my story, I was like crazy, right? Being that transparent and people were like, what's wrong with her? Like, why is she vomiting her mm-hmm. herself? Today, it's the norm. So no. It's interesting that I guess it's different. And it also brings me to your book, Surrender. How did that play? Why did you name it Surrender? So I named it. So it was it was a very long and my sister and I make fun of the title today. It's called Surrendering When Pain is Transformed into Extraordinary Blessings. (laughs) And uh, and it it meant a lot to me, even having that whole long winded because Because it was really, that's what it was. It was taking this pain, right? And and, and saying and choosing and making the conscious decision that no, 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 there are blessings in all this pain and all this trauma. I got to find it, right? And and I am like the eternal optimist. Even when I'm in darkness, I'm Mm -hmm. like, I will find like a sliver of light, right? And that's where I was at that point. So that's where surrendering came. I truly living life with the uh, awareness that if I could control it, do something about it. And if I can't girl surrender it, like just surrender it to God and just pray and move forward in faith. And to me, faith is a verb. Patience is a verb. You you have to, you know, take it day by day. And, and sometimes it reminds me now talking to you, I think I should go read the book again and learn some of those lessons. (laughs) 
you know, it's so interesting what our younger self can teach us. Yeah. Know, what that uh, younger woman, yeah. younger child can teach us about what we need to look at when we look, you know, when we move forward. Yeah. And so I'm fascinated. I think that, you know, just hearing your story, I mean, I followed you for the last eight years, but just hearing your story in the sense that, you know, the transparency of moving through the death of a spouse as a single mom to, you know, three children and to, you know, this is probably a time when social media was not just getting started, but, you know, there was some movement. It there was an acceptance is, of sharing. Was, yeah. Right. But that there's a fascination with the ability to be able to process that, right? Because yeah. people feel that that's unfathomable that you can do that. And so my first interview with Egley is the most listened to episode. And I believe it's because of the fact that you have a mother who's lost a child. And, mm. you know, when you hear that, you think there's no way that I can possibly ever go through that. Yet here's this woman with her strength and courage, just like you. And to be able to share that is really a pillar for us to be able to, I mean, really learn from. <laughs> I mean, that's what, you. you know, that's, that's really what we're here for is to really learn from each learn other instead it. of, you know, thinking about, oh, what, what does she do? Why is she doing that? You know, just just kind of like, what's the lesson here for you and, right. and really right. taking. No, I just I agree with you wholeheartedly on that. And it's interesting because when you were saying about looking back at our younger self and learning the lessons, it's interesting because then there's the other aspect of it where you look back at your older self and you're like, oh, like who wrote that? Like I have problems reading my book because I don't recognize the person who wrote it. And I definitely don't recognize the person she's talking about in the book. And I had some people mention to me that they were uncomfortable reading my book because it felt like a very personal entry, personal entries of my diary. And that's exactly what it was. I actually would write to myself and I included that in the book. And I think that's the part of us that, you know, I sometimes there's some kind of heaviness or shame or regret that comes with it, like, oh, why did I do that? Or why was I that person, right? All, all these things that come or, or why did I share that? But I have to recognize that that person brought me exactly to where I am. Like, I, yeah, like there's just there's Yeah, that's a non negotiable. I wouldn't be who I am today without every step I've taken to be here. That's so key. And yeah. if we would get that, right? We have right, to be like, yeah. of that every <laughs> single day. We need to be reminded yeah. of that. What you are going through right now is part yeah. of the process. It is part of the journey and the story. And so yeah. as soon as you try to resist, you know, the resistance is so heavy sometimes that you're just like, this is not supposed to happen. You know, it, it is, it oh, is yeah. in some in some way it is, there's a lesson, you know, you can't say that for all situations and all circumstances, particularly when you lose somebody like a child or a spouse, right? But there is a process well, in that. Interesting you say that one of my least favorite things, and I also got reamed for this on Facebook, because I'm sharing my journey, I'm just pouring out my heart. And I remember saying, these are things you should never say to someone, you know, maybe I came off as an expert, but what I was just saying is it was my truth, which one of the things was everything happens for a reason. Yes. And somebody was like, well, who are you to say that? You know, but till this day, eight years later, I can say that's still true for me. That's right. I dislike that saying so much. Everything happens for a reason, but I do believe that there's a lesson in everything. Right. And that's the hard part. That's part of the journey 
you know, that maybe we won't find out today what the lesson is or, or, you know, what the story is behind it or how we can heal someone from it. We may not be able to see it at the moment, right? But eight years later, I must have thousands of messages from people just saying, hey, thanks for saving my marriage. Hey, thanks for, you know, taking me out of my depression. I've had much more personal messages sent to me. And, you know, thank you for teaching me how to be a better mom or whatever it is, all these little things. And for me personally, it brings me some kind of understanding that his life and his purpose was fulfilled but his legacy continues and will live on forever. And that's a beautiful thing, you know, through my storytelling, which hopefully my children will continue. Right. I was just going to yeah. say that that's the, you know, to be able to see your kids kind of see their mother honor the legacy of what he represented yeah. in their life. So even before we get to that, I think an important thing that's very relevant in today is the second book that I wrote was just Savvy Gems. It's a self-care book that I wrote in 2017 And it was with all the lessons that I learned through being Marlon's caregiver. And just to give you a a quick overview, when the doctors gave him two weeks to live, we were able to extend his life by five months. And I was, you, you call it, you name it. I was, you know, depressed, having suicidal ideations prior to him getting sick. When he got sick, I started taking care of myself in a holistic way. And when when the doctor didn't give us any other option, right? They were like, that's it. There's no more treatment stage four. So Um, he was diagnosed and then he was given two weeks or did he was diagnosed? He was a year. And then after his diagnosis, he uh, lived, I would say 15, 14 months. But uh, what we did in the process while he was going through chemo is we went to acupuncturists, we went to nutritionists, we went to anyone you can think of, integrative doctors. And I literally compiled all this information. So when the doctors gave him two weeks to live, I went back to the drawing board and I was just like, all right, let me put all this information together. And we were able to extend his life by five months. And I was also able to get the healthiest physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally that I have ever been. And that's why I was so misunderstood by people because they didn't understand why I was okay. I was okay because I was doing the work. And that's what Savvy Gems is about. I said, how can I teach my daughter what I learned at 40 years old? So that's what that book is about. And I'm really excited because I'm writing the women's version of that book. And I'm so excited. I want them all. I want all of the books. So that brings me to the work that we're doing today. Okay. So before you go, before you move forward, I just have a question about the self-care piece of it. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that was like in looking back during this shift that you had, it was a major shift. You said you had, there was depression, there were suicidal thoughts. And so he's diagnosed and then you start really taking care of yourself. Yeah. What was the thought that you had? What was Oof, that thought? That's, that's a very powerful question. Uh, do you remember that movie uh, Moonstruck with Cher when, I do. She, when, I do. when she slaps the guy and she's like, snap out of it. <laughs> I, that's how I felt like it was, I was having a pity party my entire life, like my entire life. It was always a blame game. It was a shame game, feeling unworthy, having this weirdly humble thing. You know, I was a very smart, creative woman. 
and I don't say this in an arrogant way, I'm one of the most creative people I know. And I only discovered that like probably last year (laughs) (laughs) because I suppressed like all of that because I always felt like, you know, my mom was very like, oh, yes, thank Mm -hmm. you. You know, when you're an immigrant, everybody's Mm -hmm. better than you. And I say that I'm emerging into my, I'll probably become who I'm, as Michelle said, uh, Michelle Obama says, becoming, right? I'll be where I know that I have fulfilled like this greater purpose probably when I'm in my 80s, right? Because now I'm learning. I feel like a newborn child just discovering all this. I can hear that. Yeah. So where that came from was at the moment when I realized my kids could lose their father because cancer came in like to take him out. He was by the time he was diagnosed, he was already stage two. I'm like, I'm a mess. And the way I'm going it's not going to be good for them either. So the thought of my children potentially not having either parent, you know, I'm not saying I was going to check out, but mentally I wasn't okay. I made that decision immediately. Like this is non-negotiable. Like I poured everything I had to trying to save his life. And in doing that, I saved my own. Wow. That's pretty powerful. That's really, really powerful. And so the thought was that you really the self-care piece was the thought of having your children being raised without mm-hmm. either parent. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 Sometimes it comes from outside of us, but yeah. it is all part of the, all these pieces that really fit together to aligning to who you are really, you know, meant to be and show up in this world for healing. Cause you know, obviously your work is healing others. Yeah, yeah. And it's great. And I and I say that with even the creativity that I mentioned right now, my work, my day job, which I'm so passionate, so grateful about, I'm the assistant dean of entrepreneurship at Hofstra. Yeah, it's so cool, right? Well, first of all, I'm excited that they have, you know, like, what did you say? Entrepreneurship for entrepreneurship. Yeah, it's been like, yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's so wonderful. I'm, I'm so happy to hear that. I know Baruch had a program. Um, yeah. And so tell me more. Oh my God. We have, there's amazing programs there. I mean, we have students, it's not just for students. We have uh, so many programs that are open to the general public. We just had a healthcare challenge like last year that was open to anyone. And our winner last year uh, in 2019, I'm like two years behind, one on an idea, you know, for, for healthcare, for her uh, health healthcare app. So we constantly have these, we have a program that's Ascend that's for uh, specifically for diverse business owners, just diverse business owners. And then we have the EAC program that's for startups. And it's a 10 week program that just kicked off last week. And it helps from every aspect of doing your business model canvas, learning how to do customer discoveries, and just doing your executive summary, learning how to pitch. And there's a pitch competition at the end with a cash prize. And so it's really exciting. So when I said the earlier uh, comments about learning that I was creative, it's because I'm working with all these entrepreneurs and they're validating me. They're like, oh my God, thank you for this clarity. And I'm like, what? What? Okay. You know, and I'm going to get weird, get rid of that weirdly humble thing and go, yes, I did that. Okay, good, good. Right. But it took me 46 years to go. Yeah. Okay. That that's good. You can accept that you are creative, that you are powerful, that you're doing great things that, you know, you're leaving a little footprint on this earth. And I think being first generation, right. To an immigrant mother who came here, worked in a sweatshop and, 
you know, was on welfare and all that stuff that we have to learn that we are truly worth it, right? It becomes this cliche, but that no, 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 we're, we're worth it. And, and that we need to give ourselves, right? A seat yeah. at that. And, and that's what I am learning slowly, but surely, but not so slow. I'm learning pretty fast these days. <laughs> yeah. Standing your power, you know, yeah. standing in our power as female, as Latinas, as, oh, yeah. you know, as women of color and, you know, the unapologetically, you know, yep. to yep. do it in a way that you just show up and you're just like, this is what I'm doing. And so I say that like in my intro, like I didn't have any idea what a pot I had never listened to a podcast. And I was really? so grateful. I was so grateful that I had it because in the, the thief of comparison had no space. There was no space. I was like, well, I'm just going to record. And then I, you know, put these headphones on and I was like, okay, that sounds right. good. Isn't I'm going to go ahead and do it. And then yeah. I did it. And now even so, as I'm so passionate about having conversations with incredible human, kind humans like yourself. And really, I have no notes. I, I just really want to have a conversation. But the reality is, is that once I put it out there, then it's out into the universe, you know, and there's no sense of like controlling it, trying to figure it out what it's going to yeah. do, who's going to yeah. do this. It's just like, listen in. So, yeah. you know, if you're excited and it resonates with you, then great. But I and think it's it so if yeah. it doesn't, it's OK, too. But, you know, <laughs> it's it's so important because there is this sense of comparison that am I not good enough? Is, mm-hmm. is this going gonna to be should, you know, I be, you know, a little bit more demure and my conversations with people, you know, what, you know, all this stuff. Yeah. And, you know, as women, we really need just to stand in our power. We're yeah. so powerful. We birthed. We birth the future. Come on, yeah. guys. Yeah, I, I, love, I love what you said on so many levels. I'm actually not a podcast listener also. So it's interesting. I'm going into this in that very authentic way. Have I listened to some? Absolutely. But also, I'm not looking to listen to see where I go because, you know, I'll just let it lead me. But it's so interesting you said that because about standing in your power, because one of my dreams in high school, I know we're all over the place. But <laughs> one, okay. of my dreams, one of my dreams, follow, in high school, follow us, guys. Yeah, just just like <laughs> one of one of my dreams in high school was to go to go to Hofstra, oh, and I wow. wanted a major in journalism, broadcast journalism. And I was, and I ended up going to Queens College because the reason why I didn't even apply to Hofstra, I didn't think I was worthy. I was like, I'll never get accepted. You know, I looked at my white counterparts at work. And I was like, and one girl went to Hofstra and I was like, oh yeah, you have to look like that. You have to be like that. You have to have money like that to go to Hofstra. And I was told that too, by some counselors that were just like, yeah, you're not going to get in there. So don't apply. Oh my God. And I did it. And I think it is fascinating that now I'm at Hofstra, right. And God willing, right. You're the, excuse me, you're not only <laughs> Hofstra, you're the assistant dean. Right. To this, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So no, it's, it's so crazy. Right. And that's another story for another podcast of how I got that job. I think it's phenomenal. Like I truly manifested it. But I started, I, I uh, enrolled for my master's last year for my master in public health because of the self care and everything. And then I realized, yeah, my heart's not like, said on that because I don't want to learn statistic and, and statistics and all this stuff. And I said, you know what? 
I'm going to go be what I've always wanted to be. I want to go into journalism. So I just dropped that wow. and then registered for my master in journalism. I just got accepted this week. Yay, so congratulations. I started this summer. So I'm so excited and I'm going to learn podcasting. There too. I love it. I love it. That's that's full circle for you. That's full circle. Full circle. 30, so that's 17, 27, 37, 30 years later but I'm wow. fulfilling my dreams. So well, you I look like you're 18. Cool. So oh, thank you. <laughs> Guys, go go watch the YouTube video. Because <laughs> she's 18. But seriously, you know, it's so interesting the transition and how you these ebb and flows in life that we all have, right. And, you know, it's like, we're trying to stop the wave, the wave is going to come. So you're just going to have to learn to, you know, get to the part of the ocean, uh, right before the break, uh-huh. you know, right before the ocean <laughs> breaks. Yeah. And, and just plant your butt there so that you can go ahead and just, you know, I remember um, we used to go to Rockaway Beach and we would try to get to that part of the of the ocean because the waves were so strong in the mm-hmm. Atlantic Ocean and far Rockaway that you had to get to that place. And so get to that place where you're just kind of like bobbing in the ocean as opposed to being right at the breakers. And so you've passed that point. And so now as you you move from, you know, the surrendering book to a girl's guide to choosing happiness. I love that. Right. Savvy gems. Mm-hmm. And then now you're moving into podcasting and I'm talking about these things that people can connect to. So how did the transition and where you at with your life and who are you doing the podcast with? And yeah, so, so the podcast is a passion project. There's really, I hate to say this, no expectation with it. We really just want to bring both of our talents and, and I see talents as in me with my experience with entrepreneurship and, and James uh, was a pastor in his past life, even though his expertise is also in IT and ministry and understanding that we have this blended family. Now we have five kids ranging from 10 to 20 and the struggles and the challenges that come with that. And uh, wow. just, yeah. And just talking about right divorce, he's divorced. I'm a widow. And you're, you're just newly married newly married and, you know, finding love at 40 and, you know, going through all these challenges of getting to this place. I think that story is very important to tell because we've been friends for eight years and it was a long, interesting journey to get here. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait to follow. I can't wait to hear. I can't wait to hear the the story. Yeah. The behind the scenes, right. Of of even from a man's perspective of that resistance of and that fear of being in a relationship and my just passion of wanting to be in a relationship and searching. And there was a point I even wanted to write a book by the name of, let's see if I remember, it was searching for God. And then in small print, it was going to say, and men. Amen. <laughs> You're like, where is he? Where is he? How is he going to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Where is he coming? Because, you know, I, you know, at one point was perceived as a serial dater and it was, you're right. That perspective of like, oh my gosh, you know, versus, you know, we are here to love. And I think that's the greatest thing that I learned through losing my first husband that we are, when I asked him, I was able to ask him on his deathbed, like, you know, we were having these conversations and what he cared about was, did he love us enough? And that if his life mattered, that's what he really wanted to know. That's, I mean, that is it. What's the legacy that we're going to leave? And how did we love, you know, yeah. I mean, that over and over again. Yeah. And it's so true. 
So true. I heard it from a dying man. (laughs) Right, right. And there's really in the search, the quest in life is that. And so yeah, and I wasn't gonna of- stop. I wasn't gonna stop. So in <laughs> <laughs> my serial dating, I was just like, okay, you know. And people sometimes said, "Aren't you jaded by, you know, not absolutely not?" Because for us to realize that we have these experiences where we meet people, and when you are able to do life with other people, the one great thing that happens is that you discover more about yourself. Yes. So it really helped me understand what I want, what I don't want, you know, what makes my heart skip a beat and being married now to my best friend, like we're ridiculous. We're like so stupid together and it feels it. so it's wonderful, good. right? There's still a lot of challenges. Remember, we have oh, five sure. kids, five to 20 and I mean, 10 to 20 and it's, there's challenges, but when there's laughter and there's joy and there's love and there's compassion, I mean, that get you through anything. I love it. I totally love it. And I love the fact that you're so open and honest and transparent and authentic in your story. Because essentially, we, you know, there's only two questions, just like you said, that Marlon said on his deathbed, which was, you know, did I love enough? And will my life matter? Mm-hmm. You know, and so if we can just keep that at the forefront, saying it gave me chills. <laughs> oh, because yeah. it's, so, it's uh, so important, you yeah. know. And so we we miss it. You know, sometimes we're trying to do so much and do so many other things, but the reality is, is that what are you doing to love more, and what are you doing to leave an imprint and a legacy for other people in the future? You know, right? Like, like you're not going to be on your, you know, and I hope that's like a trillion years from now, right? But you're not going to be on your deathbed going. Damn, that podcast sucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> 25. I can't, I can't believe that I, I made that mistake. And I said, <laughs> isn't that crazy, right? Yeah, yeah. It's so good. And, and I'm so grateful. So what's the name of your podcast going to be? Do you have that? We, we don't have it yet. We're okay. just like, I come up with all these acronyms. He's like, no more acronyms, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I can't wait. Hopefully by the time this airs, you you guys can share all your contact information with us. And um, absolutely. You know, I mean, to- if anybody wants to follow me now, my only platform right now is on Instagram. It's Kenya Nunez Leon. And I'll keep everyone posted there. I'm really excited for a lot of projects coming up. Yay. I'm so grateful. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much. This was amazing. And, and it, it was truly, truly an honor. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for Kenya for her time. What I loved most is what she said about community. When you're able to do life with other people, you really discover so much more about yourself. And isn't that the truth? Community is so key, particularly now when we're so much connected from a social media perspective and just outward, outward, that we really just find the community of one (laughs) within ourselves. And so I'm so grateful that she had the time to really take time and, and talk with us today. So please be sure to subscribe and thank you for listening. And as always, we'll talk next week. Thank you.